So I did not grow up reading women's magazines. Our house was more of a New York Times, a New Yorker subscription household. So my first real exposure to fashion magazines and the wonders of Elle and Glamour and Teen Vogue was as a freshman in college. A friend and I took the train to spend the weekend with her family, and at the station she brought this huge pile of fashion magazines. It was like buying bags and bags of forbidden candy. And I gobbled them up. I don't remember any of the pictures, but what I do remember are all the lists. 15 steps to perfect skin, 10 secrets of a flawless face, do's and don'ts of healthy hair, and oh, the tutorials on makeup. Page after page after page, and I started feeling terribly insecure. I don't know how to do any of this stuff, and I don't do any of this stuff, <laughs> and I just use that bar of soap by the sink for my face. <laughs> Who knew I needed cleanser, exfoliator, toner, hydrating mist before even getting to the face cream, which, by the way, better not be the cream you use on the rest of your body? All those things women were supposed to do. And I thought, that's a lot of time. <laughs> so I added it up. It was over four hours a day. <laughs> and that's not including the once a week, twice a week, once a month, twice a month regimens. Absolutely overwhelming. And I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that as we rolled up on Ash Wednesday, in the beginning of Lent, and as I started contemplating what would my spiritual practice be this year, all I could actually think about was sitting on that train with those darn women's magazines and all those lists. Absolutely overwhelming. Lent, that time for a spiritual makeover. <laughs> so, here we are, week two. How are you guys doing? <laughs> are you like a good friend of mine? He's reeling with the awareness that within 48 hours of Ash Wednesday and his vow of no alcohol and no chocolate, he'd already succumbed to a glass of champagne and a truffle. Or are you, like many of us, running back to that spiritual drawing board to try something different? Heck, that thing we tried, it's already been an abysmal failure, so let's hit the reset button and pretend this is week one. The choices can be overwhelming, and even though I've recoiled over the years at beauty lists, historically I've enjoyed gobbling up Lenten lists. For several years running, the writer Rachel Held Evans has posted her top 40 ideas for Lent. Most recently, five questions to ask yourself, 20 fasts, rituals, disciplines, like writing Lenten love letters, practicing intentional silence, five prayers, meditations, or the 10 book recommendations, most of which were more lists and meditations for Lent. Another favorite of mine is Nadia Weber, uh, Boltz Weber. She has 40 ideas for keeping a holy Lent, 
where you do a different thing every day. One activity a day that she has so carefully outlined. Do someone else's chore, pray for an enemy, compliment a stranger. Or you could go to Twitter, hashtag Lent. Twitter's top 100 ideas for Lent, and I am not kidding, it exists. Christianity Today summarized the 2017 Lenten practices that are trending on Twitter. And it turns out that's something people have been analyzing since 2009. And the winners this year, alcohol, chocolate, social networking. <laughs> and yeah, smart, snarky ideas permeate the top 100. I'm giving up politics, giving up hope, giving up Lent. <laughs> Taking on overtly spiritual practices actually jumped way up this year. Go to church more, pray more, give to others. And our cultural climate this year has birthed all sorts of new lists, social justice practices, ideas for sacred resistance, lobby your elected representatives, volunteer with an organization, donate to causes. And we even at this church posted a list of tackling behaviors that separate ourselves from one another. Envy, greed, gossip. Now there's nothing wrong with any of these lists and there's nothing wrong with any of these individual ideas. And I've taken on some of them over the years. One year not gossiping. Still could probably do that. Another year doing morning prayer. But if we take them as a whole, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that, the list can be seen as upholding this idea that we are the agents of change. We are in charge of our spiritual makeovers. We control our spiritual transformation. And if we don't get our spiritual acts together, then well, fill in the scary blank. If I don't get my act together, then what? Week two in Lent, and I bet I'm not the only one who's struggling a bit. How many of us have, are starting to think and have thoughts like, I'll never change. Why bother? I'm awful. Or maybe some of us got there before Lent and just threw in the towel before Ash Wednesday. Today's psalm starts with, I lift my eyes to the hills, from where is my help to come? Week two in Lent and the people who decided what we'd be reading this week somehow knew we might be struggling. I lift my eyes to the hills, from where is my help to come? Psalm 121. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from God, not me. It's not about helping ourselves. Lent is about God helping us. And this is a psalm with the nature of God's help, so beautifully spelled out in eight little verses. 
And in those verses, we get a profound picture of God's loving care for us. He who watches you will not fall asleep. Verse 3. Steadfast God, always there God. God's keeping watch over Israel. Verse 4. God's keeping watch over us. Verse 5. And that watchfulness, that all-encompassing watchfulness, the psalm tells us it protects us. God is the shade at our right hand. Verse 5. God watching, making sure the threats of the outside world ultimately won't take us down. The sun shall not strike us by day, nor the moon by night. Verse 6. And amid the difficulties and the evils of the world outside, God will protect us from the shining, burning sun, from the night terrors. And sometimes even more terribly, we deal with the evils of the world in our hearts, the things we've done, the things we've left undone. But verse 7 tells us it is God who will keep us safe. God will preserve us from evil. So God, in the midst of terrible thoughts and ideas that we aren't good enough, God is in the midst of all our deeds, and the evil will not take us down. God will keep us safe. So here is the heart of Lent, relying on God, learning to trust in God, and what if, what if the whole point of Lent is that we're supposed to fail? What if the whole point of Lent is to see how much we need God? How powerless we actually are to change ourselves without God? Anyone who's familiar with 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous knows that the very first step is admitting we are powerless and that our lives have become unmanageable. And moving forward through the steps, by step three, just step three, realizing that only a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. We aren't the authors of change. We need to look to the hills. We need to look to God. Because that's where our real help comes from. Now, I actually love that our church calendar has an entire season devoted to letting our failures, our humanity, all this stuff we're not good at, all our flaws, to just be there, hanging out before God. Our dry skin blemishes bags under our eyes, all right there before God. It's not like it's a secret. And it doesn't mean we don't try spiritual practices and we don't try to tackle those things that stand between us and God, but it's God who's going to do the healing, God who's going to hold us and keep us. At the core, Lent is a season of no pretense, simple, raw honesty, not who we wish we were with that beautiful spiritual makeover, but rather who we really are. 
And there is incredible relief in taking away that pretense and just being our flawed, normal selves. So perhaps we can let go of being perfect this Lent, of doing the right spiritual practice, of succeeding in the right way. Maybe we can stick with or pick up again whatever it was we were trying, but to know that God is there with us. God is the agent of the transformation that can take hold in our hearts. God is with us. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where is my help to come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen.